Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. The false teachers were telling people in Corinth, right? The Judaizers were bringing them into legalism, telling them you got to get circumcised to be saved, you got to follow the law of Moses, and you'll be more spiritual. And they were just making the whole thing more complex. Now, it's the same in our day. I remember years ago listening to Christian radio, and they have a lot of good teachers on there, and this one guy said, well, I would love to explain to you how to accept Jesus as your Savior, but it's so complex it would take me hours, so I can't. Like, there is this bent, you know, in some segments of Christianity to make things very complex. But Jesus said, right, when, when he was asked, hey, how do I find the kingdom of God? John three sixteen. you all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and take a three-year course on salvation. No, it's just that. Just believe in Jesus Christ. And many of you know, you've prayed, accepted Jesus as your Savior, and that was the beginning of a journey of him transforming your life, right? You didn't have to go to seminary, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but... The gospel of Jesus Christ is not complicated. And when people want to make it complicated, well, then that's, that's their spin on it because it's not that complicated. I mean, Romans 10 says it like this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So simply believing in Jesus, what he said in John three sixteen, and then praying and saying, Lord, I believe you died for me. Forgive me of my sin. So they were making it complex, though. You got to do all this other stuff. And, you know, religious today do the same thing. Yeah, Jesus died for you and you could be saved, but you need to add this and this and this and these other things. So Paul's saying, look, why do you believe that? Verse 4, he says, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So Paul's warning them about putting up with or tolerating a different gospel uh, than the gospel that they learned. Now, we live in a society where we're told everybody needs to be more tolerant, and the new definition of tolerant means accept things that the Bible says is evil and encourage it and promote it, right? But that's not what Paul says. He's saying, look, there's only one gospel, and you shouldn't tolerate it. You shouldn't accept it. And when you think about who is the Jesus of the Bible, I I wish we had more time to go you know, who is the Jesus of the Bible, but, you know, some basic things that the Bible teaches. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14, same context, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? Jesus, right? And so, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, we know that Jesus is, uh, uh, you know, come in the flesh, God in the flesh, right? John 14, 9, Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And then John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the only way to a personal relationship with your heavenly Father. Now, there are a lot of counterfeits. People say there's a lot of other ways. And even some 
you know, pseudo-Christian people say that Jesus is somebody else, that Jesus is Michael the archangel, right? There's people that say that. Some people say Jesus is the brother of Satan, right? The Bible doesn't teach that, doesn't teach these, those things, right? And so Paul's warning those Christians, don't believe these counterfeit gospels. And I think it's important for all of you to understand that every church that says they're a Christian doesn't necessarily teach biblical doctrine. That there are churches that say they're Christian that say Jesus is Satan's brother and Jesus had a plan and Satan had a plan and God the Father likes Jesus' plan better than his brother Satan's plan and blah, 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 and weirdness on and on. And then people are like, this is weird, right? Did you come from Koloff or what are you? I mean, what's going on here? Uh, but so Paul's saying, you know, don't accept the counterfeit. And, and I think that's why it's so important that you read your Bible and you know what you believe. Because people are going to tell you all kinds of weird things. You know, I've had people come to my door and, you know, they're like, so I'm here to tell you blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, and then, I, I, you know, I start talking to them. And then I'm like, where did you get that? That's not in the Bible. Like, oh, yeah, it is. Like, no, it's not. I said, how many times you read the Bible? All the way through, beginning to end. And almost all of them say, well, uh, I haven't read the whole thing. I'm like, I've read the whole thing. What you're making up, it's not in there, right? <laughs> I've read the whole thing many times. So Paul's saying, don't believe these false teachers. Verse 5, for I considered that I am not a- at all inferior to the most eminent apostle. So these people, these false teachers were saying that they were better than the apostle Paul, had greater understanding in spiritual matters, and they were telling them, hey, we can teach you how to be, you know, more spiritual and you know, basically, they said that Paul was kind of a simpleton, and, you know, he didn't really know as much as they did, uh, and really, but, but Jesus said in Matthew seven fifteen, he said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves, and you'll know them by their fruits. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, but by their fruits you'll know them. So there are a lot of people who think they're really spiritual, but have zero fruit in their life. I mean, every, every pastor uh, who's been a pastor for very long has had someone in their church come up to him and say, well, pastor, I don't like the way you're doing it and the way you're preaching and the way you're evangelizing. And then the pastor says, well, how do you do it? And they say, well, I don't. And then he says, well, I like my way better, right? I mean, it's just like they're not doing anything, right? And there are so many people in Christendom who think that they're so spiritual. And yet you ask them, how many people have you led to Jesus? How, what do you do for Jesus? Well, I don't do anything, but I'm an expert on it. I'm like, how can you be an expert if you don't do anything, right? I mean, like somebody coming up to Sarah and say, I don't like the way you play guitar. Well, well, show me how you play. Well, I can't play guitar, yet you're telling me how to play guitar? I mean, and and so, uh, I mean, it's just a common thing in the church. Well, and Paul says, these are known by their fruits, right? So you can tell by their fruit, right? In verse 6, even though I am untrained in speech, so yet I am not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. So Paul said in verse 6, uh, you know, I know that I'm not an eloquent public speaker. He's saying, look, I didn't take any speech classes. And, uh, you know, and this is a, a great verse for all the Calvary Chapel pastors because most of them didn't take speech classes, right? Now they were cutting school and doing other things. But uh, he's saying, look, I- I'm not great at speech. But he said, you know, but even though I'm not trained in speech, I, I'm not, I am in knowledge, right? He knew the scriptures very well. And, uh, Paul is saying that his teaching manifests itself in the lives of the people in the church. So what Paul taught affected the lives of the people in the church in Corinth, and it manifested in their lives. And, and so he's saying, look, you have that proof. What, what did these people do, right? In verse 7, did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? 
I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. So the false teachers were asking for money, and they always ask for money. And Paul's saying, hey, to the Christians in Corinth, he's saying, look, I didn't charge you anything or, or ask you to give me any money. And he's saying, so is that why you think that I'm not uh, an apostle? Because uh, I, I got supported by other churches when I was there. In verse 9, and when I was present with you and, and in need, I was a burden to no one. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. So other churches supported the Apostle Paul, and the Corinthian church didn't support him financially. Uh, and in everything, I kept myself from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from this boasting in the regions of Achaia. So what was Paul boasting about? Well, that no one could accuse him that he was in the ministry for money, right? Other churches supported him, so no one there could say, oh, he's only doing it for the money. And uh, I am so thankful when I read this that somebody from Calvary Chapel invited me to a Calvary Chapel where they weren't begging for money. Because the first time I came to church, I thought what I was going to hear was a whole sermon about open your wallet and give until it hurts. <laughs> you know I mean, I don't know what I thought, but I thought the pastor was just going to beg for money the whole time. And when he just taught through the Bible, I'm like, hey, well, this, I, I want to know about God. I want to know the Bible. And I loved it. And I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful that over the years that Pastor Chuck, who helped us buy this building, Pastor Chuck Smith, that, you know, he always was uh, against making it seem like that God's going on welfare and that God's going bankrupt. He's going to have to sell a planet or something unless you people give more, right? Which, which made sense to me a, a, as a young Christian that, well, if God made the sun and the moon and the stars out of nothing, he needs five bucks from me? That doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? So in reality, uh, you know, where God guides, God provides. And, and, and we're so blessed to be able to live uh, in a place where God is so good to us and we're so thankful that God has provided a church for us and all the resources that we need to have church every week. And, and it's important that you realize that God uses people to provide. And we talked about giving a couple weeks ago and uh, that God uses that. But also, uh, God uses people. You know, uh, right now there's, uh, you know, children's ministry going on and there's all kinds of things going on, ministries. And so it's good to get involved. But uh, Paul's saying, look, uh, begging for money is one of the characteristics of false prophets, right? And, and uh, you know, you could kind of check this out, uh, but you probably shouldn't waste your time. Verse 11, he says, why? Because I do not love you, God knows. But what I do, I also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. So Paul knew that the false teachers who came in after him, they were begging for money. They were asking for money. And, and Paul didn't want anyone to be able to say, well, you're only doing it for the money. And, you know, this is one of the reasons, I don't know if you know this, but Calvary Chapel's philosophy is when Pastor Chuck first started little Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. How many of you saw the movie uh, The Jesus Revolution? Raise your hand. All right, all, great, yeah. So when Pastor St Chuck started, little church, they started to grow, and then some of those hippies got saved in the 70s, and when they would go out to start a church, they would say, Pastor Chuck, what should we do? And here's what he would say. Well, you pray, and you start a Bible study, and if God's with you, God will provide. And so, you know, during the 70s, the Jesus movement, people were getting saved, and almost all the Calvary chapels early on were disguised going out with nothing and, and praying and saying, Lord, if you want to do this, then you'll provide, right? And, and, and God did. And it's such a wonderful thing because then you're really praying and saying, God, if you're in this, 
You're going to provide a building. You're going to provide all the finances, all the stuff. And God, if you're not, then we'll go do something else. And you know, when I moved here and we started Calvary Chapel Caldwell, I prayed and said, Lord, if you want there to be a Calvary Chapel in Caldwell, then, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But, um, you know, and if you don't, well, that's fine too. Then I'll go play golf and water ski or something. I mean, uh, you know, whatever you want to do. But uh, I'm so thankful that that the philosophy of ministry that I learned from Pastor Chuck was, hey, if God's in it, he's going to provide. And he does. So that's so good. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life-controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653 or visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you. May you have a great day. Today is the day.